0: Thanks for checking out the Candeo podcast. To learn more about us, visit us at CandeoChurch.com. Yes, well, good morning. Welcome to 2022. I got to start this morning first off by giving a quick shout out. Uh, last week, I had the absolute delight and privilege to sit in that seat while Dave Knee, you absolutely crushed it. And anybody that was here, you know what I'm talking about. Can we celebrate Dave Knee and thank God for him? You don't know who Dave is. He's the old guy sitting in the back. I can't believe you owned that, man. I can't believe Jake threw you under the bus like that. And then I followed it up by throwing you under the bus again. Uh, Dave, uh, I think what was most amazing to me is as I reflected on your, your message, which was so much that it took away, one thing hit me. I've, I've sat under good Bible teaching for 19 plus years. I don't think I've ever heard a sermon out of Second Chronicles. So congratulations, <laughs> you, uh, you crushed it and took me into a point of my Bible that I've read before, but I've never heard anybody else teach. And uh, Dave, you were praying over all of us that the words that God would speak through you would be challenging and encouraging, and they definitely were, so thank you. And I, I hope today to be able to follow that up well. Um, Today, we're going to be jumping into Ephesians 3, and I believe this text serves as a perfect complement to what Dave brought last week. So if you didn't hear Dave's message, go back, listen to it as Dave encouraged us to be a people of the word. And I do believe that that is one thing that's true about Candido Church, and we are a, a church that is saturated in the scriptures, and I praise God for that. I think today, though, if we were to be honest, this is probably an area of weakness, but yet I think when we get to its core, like if you want to talk about taking Jesus seriously this year and growing in relationship with him, there's two things. If you go back to the basics, we have to be about as God's people. We have to be people who dwell with God in his word, and we have to be people who dwell with God in prayer. And today I want to encourage us all to be people of prayer. As we look at Ephesians 3, we sang it this morning, right? It was in the first song that we sang that when we fight, we will fight on our knees. Can I just ask you real genuinely, real quickly, when was the last time you got on your knees and prayed? Like maybe even just look at the past year, 2021, how often did you get on your knees and pray? whether it was because you were just overwhelmed with God's grace and goodness poured out on your life and just in amazement and awe, you just hit your knees, or whether it was because you were just so desperate for God to come through for you, how often do you get on your knees and pray? I believe there's an important connection between our like physical posture and like our heart posture when we enter into prayer. And I think I think it matters that we hit our knees from time to time. As we dive in to Ephesians three, this is where we find Paul as he's on his knees. And it seems like the whole letter to this point that he's writing to the Ephesian church has been building to this point. As Paul is reflecting on the grace of God that they have received and reminding them of that grace. Reminding them that before the foundations of the world, God chose them. That God predestined them to become children of God. And now as, as children, God has given them every spiritual blessing that he could possibly give them. And, and what's shocking in all this is, is it's not like we came to God spiritually neutral either. As you go into Ephesians 2, we're reminded that actually when God found us, And began to work. The place that we were in, we were actually dead. Objects of wrath. We were enemies of God. And it was in that moment that God did the unthinkable. He sent Jesus to reconcile us to himself. And all of this, all that we have here, all of these spiritual blessings, this reality of having reconciliation with the Father, is given to us purely as a gift of grace. Something received by faith. And and, and as amazing as all that is, this grace of God that we receive doesn't even, it, it doesn't just reconcile us with God. It actually has effects that go this direction as well, that that grace that reconciles us with God also reconciles us in relationship to one another. You know, one of the things that we'll say often here around Kandale Church is that the ground is level at the foot of the cross doesn't matter your race, nationality, background, whether you're a good person, bad person, every one of us comes to Jesus the same, desperate. And we're only saved by grace. That's true for everybody. And that grace that saves us also brings us into a new relationship with one another. And these previous dividing walls of hostility are broken down as God makes a new people And as he's continued to write in Ephesians 2, he says then that God even takes all these people, once enemies, brings them together, makes one new person, and he dwells among them by his spirit. Paul is overwhelmed with a sense of awe at the grace of God as he's writing Ephesians 1 and 2. But I think he's also overwhelmed with the reality that a shepherd feels for his flock because he's fully aware that the life that we live, the world that we live in, is a battlefield. That it's incredibly hard to live a life worthy of the grace that we've received. And all of this causes him to hit his knees. That's why verse 14, Ephesians 3, join me. He says, for this reason... I kneel before the Father. Can I ask you, when was the last time you got on your knees and prayed? I'm praying for us that 2022 will not only be a people of the word, but a people of prayer and people that are willing to hit our knees regularly in prayer. So what's cool today is we're going to look at just seven verses. That's an overflow moment for Paul. Reflecting on all these things from Ephesians 1 and 2, this is just an overflow moment, just him hitting his knees, praying for his people, and we just get to eavesdrop in on it. And I think what's fun here is if you're like, uh, I look at my my elder brothers that are in the room, my fellow elders, and say, elders and, and connection group leaders, notice what a leader, what a good shepherd prays for for his people. And everybody else in the room, just take note like, what is it that Paul, if he could pray for anything for them, what he prays for, for them? I think these things are noteworthy. So I'm going to read our text for us here. Ephesians 3, verse 14 says this For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. And I pray that he may grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with power in your inner being through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and firmly established in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints the length and width, the height and depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do above and beyond all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to highlight just a handful of things here because I see as we're moving through Paul's prayer, he's essentially praying for two things that will lead to something else. And I wanna just highlight, what are the two things that he's praying for that lead to something else here for us? The first thing that Paul prays for is there in verse 16. He prays for strength. But it's not just any form of strength because guys, if you ever pray for me, do not pray for me to be stronger and think about my own strength. I don't have a lot of strength. That's why we sing in Christ alone. Right? We talk about his strength, his power. What he's praying for is that they would be strengthened by the Spirit. That's different than me just praying for you to have strength in and of yourself, which isn't very much. He's praying for them to have strength in the Spirit. Uh, some of you were here about a month ago and saw my highlight for, gosh, I'm going to start crying already. Uh, my highlight for 2021 played out as my oldest was on this stage, got baptized. What most of you don't know, which that was such a cool thing, and it's, it's neat because I can affirm as his dad that I see the Spirit of God at work in him. And it wasn't just a moment. That, that's been something God continues to bear fruit in and do work in him. Proud of you, buddy. But uh, what most people don't know is some of the events that kind of led up to that moment. And one of the things that happened that week that kind of was a spark for Jacoby, was on Wednesday night at Kendale Youth, he saw uh, one of his friends, Jake, give his life to Christ. I have to tell you this, if you don't know what's going on in Kandale Youth, you are all missing out. One of the highlights of my life is getting a chance to lead uh, sixth grade, young men's Bible study. And I use that word like young men's purposely, they're not boys, they walk into that room. They are young men. And what's really neat is they're they're learning how to not take themselves too seriously, but how to like take Jesus seriously, which is sometimes hard with like burps and farts that happen while we're meeting and stuff. But but Drew and Mason had set up the night so well with Kindle Youth that what they did is during our large group time, we had a time of singing and worship and then Uh, Instead of a message that night, he just brought up some of the leaders of the ministry and just had them share their God stories. What was your life before Jesus? How did you meet Jesus? And how has he he changed you? It was incredibly powerful. And if you want to grab a sixth grader's attention, make sure you tell lots of stories. So hearing God stories was powerful. So we went back to our small group time. We sat there and we reflected on what we had heard, and it was Jake, who's been with us all fall, he just kind of speaks up and he says, I actually don't have a story like that. You know, for me, I think I've always believed in God, and clearly I'm here. I've been coming here every week, so there's something there. But I realize there's a difference between believing in God and going to church and having a God story, knowing Jesus. It's profound out of a sixth grader, right? And so one of the guys in the group said well, what would keep you from giving your life to Jesus right now? And he goes, nothing. So we watched Jake that night give his life to Christ. And what I often do in those times, as somebody's ready to give their life to Christ, we'll kind of mark that moment by having them pray it, right? Talk to Jesus and and pray, give your life to Christ. And what's real fun is we, we watched Jake pray, and we prayed with him and for him. And then when he said amen. We kind of looked up, and I looked him right in the eyes, and this is something I'll often do with somebody who just gave life to Christ. I love walking them through just reminders of like, what just happened? And so I said, Jake, do you know what just happened? You just moved from being an enemy of God's to being his child. Like, you just went from being dead to now being alive. God has now filled you with his Holy Spirit, and you are now sealed with a promised hope of eternity with him forever and you have the spirit of God living in you and he's changing you he's going to change you and he's going to give you boldness and he's going to make you hate things that you used to love and all this and I'm explaining this and Jake in the middle of it just interrupts me and he goes wait all of that just happened and I'm like "Uh uh-huh and he goes I love this wow 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 Church, I think, sadly, we often forget what has happened when we give our life to Christ. I think we forget that God has now given us his spirit, the same spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, God has now given to us. When we place our faith in Christ, instantly in that moment, we're given that spirit And yet some of us, like, we move on from that day, and we're so content fighting the same old battles with the same old weapons. Like, everything has changed. The Holy Spirit is a complete game-changer for us. With the Spirit that God has put in our lives, God has given us a whole new power to follow Jesus, to fight our sin, to proclaim Jesus, to serve the church. The Spirit changes everything. Have you ever prayed for someone to be strengthened by the Spirit that's in them? I think we need to recognize, church, that we're caterpillars. Now stick with me. This is going someplace. But have you ever wondered, like, what does a caterpillar think about over the course of its life? I mean, think about it. Like like caterpillars, when they... Or born. I don't even know how they come into existence. Like they just, they're there, right? But they live their life like in this like one by one by one foot cube of space, exploring the dirt with their eight billion hair legs. And if they really want to get crazy, they'll stretch out their legs and maybe like climb up the nearest blade of grass to see the whole world, you know? But then one day they take a nap, a long nap, And when they wake up, they can fly. Could you imagine what they're thinking at that moment? Church, the transformation that we receive when the Spirit comes into our lives is even greater than that. Changes everything. Things that were once impossible now are within your Spirit-filled grasp if you walk in the strength of the Spirit. That's the first thing Paul prays for. He also prays for something else. He's praying that they would know something. Pick up with me here in verse 18. He says, I pray that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the length, the width, the height, and the depth of God's love and to know Christ's love that surpasses knowledge. Now, did you catch that? He wants them to know something that surpasses knowing. i want to talk about a crazy prayer. Let's pray that one. And this isn't, guys, this isn't like organic chemistry. Like I went to school at Iowa State. At one point, I dreamed of being a seed salesman. That was my ambition in life. God had other plans for me. But I had to go through organic chemistry to get from like high school diploma to like college graduation I will tell you this, organic chemistry surpassed my understanding, which is why I dropped that class and took BBMB 221 and used that as like a way to like get around it. We're not talking about that here. Like we're not talking about something that just surpasses my understanding because somebody else did understand organic chemistry. Then was the professor. I can't remember his name. We're talking about something here that doesn't just surpass my understanding. We're talking about something that surpasses all understanding. There's not a single person in all the world, in all of human history, who has ever fully understood or comprehended the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Spend your whole life swimming in it, trying to explore its fullest depths and never reach its ends. I've used this illustration before, but I haven't kind of used it for this purposes, so stick with me. But church, on August 5th of 2006, I stood in front of a room of a couple hundred people, friends, and family. I looked my soon-to-be wife in the eyes, and I meant these words when I said it, that I love you. One of the things I've come to learn in marriage, over the course of just marriage, and this is the beauty of marriage, is that in hindsight, I had no idea what love was on that day. I, I meant it in the moment, but I had no idea what love was. That's why often I'll tell people that actually I never knew what love was until I was loved. Because here's what I mean. Some of you, and maybe I've uh, duped you, may think that it would be easy to be married to me. It's not. I'll let you ask Stacey about that later. A couple of my flaws, I'm a perfectionist, so I have crazy, ridiculous standards. Not about everything, but just about certain things, and they change every day. So there's certain things that get me really fired up, and you can't guess which ones they are. Uh, You also notice from time to time, I'm a pretty emotional person, which gives these sweet like awe moments. You're like, oh, look, he's like a dad. He cries every time he talks about his kids or about his marriage or whatever. It's like, guys, I cry at everything. I cry when I'm happy. I cry when I laugh. I cry when I'm sad. I cry when I'm moved by the scriptures. I cry all the time. My emotions are sometimes good and other times really bad. That's why I'll try to, like, cover it and, like, justify my emotions. I'm just a passionate person, yeah, and an idiot, so. <laughs> I'm a perfectionist. I'm, I'm an emotional person. Uh, guys, I, I snore when I sleep. Uh, I, more and more as life goes on, the muscles that I once had are, like, fading, and I'm, like, becoming marshmallowy soft, you know? Like, like all of these things, like, this is the reality of, like, who I am, and my wife knows them better than any other person which is why when she looks at me faults and all and just looks me in the eyes and says I love you it's overwhelming for me and if you're married you know what I'm talking about i say this in all honesty guys My wife knows me as good as a person could know another person. But she doesn't know me like God knows me. She doesn't know every evil thought that crosses my mind or every evil motive that sits in my heart. God does and God loves me. You get what I'm talking about? That's why when we talk about like like to be fully known and to still be fully loved, that is incredible. And God fully knows you and yet fully loves you and delights to call you his son or daughter in Jesus. That's ridiculous. So you start talking about the love of God. That's what I'm talking about here. It's mind-blowing. And God's love is wide enough that it can reach the whole world and beyond. It's long enough to stretch from eternity to eternity. It's high enough to raise every sinner heavenward and it's deep enough to rescue every depraved person and even release us from the grip of satan and it's so vast the love of god is so vast that we actually have to pray for people around us to be able to comprehend it even though it's uncomprehendable that's the love of god and so paul prays these two things for his people that they would be strengthened by the spirit and that they would know the love of God that surpasses understanding. And he's he's praying those two things for an end result. Twice in this passage, he uses the phrase that and so that, that indicate, I'm praying these things for this end result. And the end result is this, it's in verse 17, first part, he says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. And verse 19, second half, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. That when the massive weather front of our growing knowledge of the love of God collides with the massive weather front of God's working in our life through the Spirit, what it produces is this Cap 5 hurricane of rich intimacy with God. That's what he's praying for. For those two things to release a storm within us of just rich intimacy with God. Is there any part of this prayer that you've ever prayed for anybody around you? Or maybe right now, like, can you think of somebody in your life that's like, I need to pray this for them, that they would know the love of God that surpasses understanding or that they would be strengthened by the Spirit? You ever prayed those for anybody? for the rich intimacy of God in their lives? Or maybe, are you in a spot this morning where actually you're like, I need somebody to pray that for me? Would you ask? Ask them? Sadly, we're not often a praying people. And then I think, sadly, when we do get together like as small groups and we pray, I think one of the things that defines our our prayer times often is that it's kind of superficial. And I'm not trying to be mean. Yes, I think we should pray for your second cousin's aunt's wife's brother-in-law's second cousin twice removed who lives in Italy. Like, we should pray for them. But when we're sitting in connection group and we go like, hey, how can we pray for you? I'm asking, like, how can we pray for you? Maybe a question to ask is like, where in your life are you struggling right now to live in a manner worthy of the gospel, worthy of the grace of God? Where are you right now struggling to live your life in a manner worthy of the gospel? I pray for you. Or maybe you can use our text to just go here and just say, hey, where right now do you need the strength of the Spirit? Like if I'm praying for you, like where do you need strength from the Spirit? Or maybe where have you failed recently that you're struggling to apply the love of God and go, how does God's love interact with that failure? Okay, well, I want to pray for you and pray that you would know how God's love applies to that. I just think sadly, a lot of times our prayer time is just, it's superficial, it's lacking depth, it's not vulnerable. And I love, I love Paul's prayers here. These are, these are rich, real deep prayers. And I love that he's not just reacting either to something that happened in their life. Hey, you said, pray for this, so I'm praying for you. He's proactively praying for them as a shepherd. Leaders, do you do that for your people. Just continue to pray over them what you know they need. Strength from the Spirit to know the love of God. I think one of the reasons why we don't pray as we should is that honestly, I think in our heart of hearts, we either are afraid it's not going to work or we don't believe that God actually hears us and will respond. Guys, all I can do right now is, is try to just communicate just a testimony from my life that prayer changes things, it moves things. God answers prayer. And just this past week, I had a friend that was incredibly discouraged. It was even putting us at odds with each other. And so we were texting one night. He was predominantly texting me. At one point, I just just put my phone down. I was like, I'm not even gonna respond. Like I want to in my own strength respond back and give my thoughts and whatever. I just put my phone down and just prayed. Next morning, I wake up, all I did was pray. And there was a whole new list of texts I'd gotten from him. God doing work in his life. And I just responded back to him and said, dude, you're an answer to my prayers. I think we need to do that type of thing more often. Because I think last week you saw a reflection of answered prayer in Dave's teaching. And what I mean is every Wednesday at 5.50 in the morning, I get a text from Roger Henderson saying, hey, I'm praying for you and for the elders as you meet this morning. The unity that that team has, the delight that we have in each other, the rich relationships we have with each other, I believe are a direct reflection and answer to Roger's weekly prayers for us. Lance, I thought about you too, man. You're nodding your head over there as I'm affirming Roger and thinking in for his prayers. How many times have you asked me on a Monday, because you text me every Monday to say, how can I pray for you? Have I asked you for the same thing twice in a row? You know Why? because God answered your prayers. God hears us, answers our prayers. And even in the times that he doesn't, can I just appeal to something here that I believe if you've actually prayed, you've experienced that even in the time God doesn't answer my prayers, isn't it true though, he gives you something better? every time that I have gotten on my knees and prayed for something over and over and over again and God didn't answer it quite the way that I wanted or what I was thinking or whatever what happens in that whole time is God gives me something better, he gives me himself that as I'm praying what happens, God does this really cool work in my life that all of a sudden my prayer request and my heart begins to move not the other way around, like I begin to move and I start having my heart aligned with his heart I start praying for the things I know God cares more about, and it changes me. Church, nothing has been more powerful and effective in my life in changing me than prayer. When it comes to my affections and who I am, nothing has changed me more than my times of prayer, especially the times when I didn't get what I was asking for. But God gave me something better. He gave me himself. If you struggle to pray, though, I want to read these last two verses and give you one more encouragement, because I find great encouragement in Paul's posture as he prays. Verses 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than all we can ask or think according to the power at work within us, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. Amen. People think I'm joking when I say this. I know we're like right on the heels of like Christmas, so this maybe seems a bit harsh to the most recent holiday that we enjoyed, especially since it's all about Jesus. Uh, But my favorite holiday of the year is Halloween. People think I'm joking when I say, I just love like how the neighborhood comes alive. The weather's not quite as cold. uh, And I love like seeing the kids get all dressed up. They look super awesome. And we just like run the neighborhood and it's just essentially like an excuse to like meet all your neighbors. Which to the introverts, you're like, that's the worst part about it. I'm like, I love that. Uh, I made a map one year so I could even remember all the names of our neighborhood and and all that stuff as we're trying to just build relationships. But I, I love Halloween. I remember growing up as a kid, my town was so small, you could hit the whole thing in one hour. Every house in Elgin, Iowa that had a light on, you could hit some of them twice. You played your cards, right? There was one house in my hometown that the lady would put out a change jar. No, no candy, but a change jar. But I swear what she did is she went through and she took out all the nickels, the dimes, and the quarters, and it was just pennies. And the worst part is, like, you'd run up, you'd be like, oh, the change jar house, I forgot about this. You'd run up, and she'd be like, now just take one. It's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Even at the age of five, it seemed like a waste of time. So sadly, like as time went on, I just stopped going there. Because I think sadly, honestly, a lot of us view God like that. Like the cheap Halloween lady handing out pennies. Reluctant and always just shorting you. That's not true. I don't want you to approach God like I approach the penny jar lady. I want you to approach God like my kids approach Dan the bear man's house back there. Dan, this is awesome that you're here this morning. I didn't even give you like a heads up that this is happening. Guys, this is my neighbor Dan and his wife Sally. Can we say hi real quick? Hi. So, wow, we even clapped for you. You haven't even heard the best part of this story. So for a few years, we didn't even know Dan's last name. We just referred to his house as Dan the Bear Man's house because he has a big bear statue outside his house. But we knew that house for sure, Dan, even though you're just two down from us because we figured out very quickly that you are the full-size candy bar guy. <laughs> Guys, what's wild is our neighborhood explodes on Halloween, and it's not just people from our neighborhood because word is out that Dan the Bear Man gives out full-size candy bars and people are driving in just to get the full-size candy bars from his house and then driving away. And you would think that maybe Dan would go, ah, oh, I'm getting taken advantage of. All these people are grabbing candy bars from me or whatever. It's like he just buys more. Well, Sally, I'm going to give you credit. You, Sally goes to the store and buys more. I stood next to Dan once on Halloween as kids are just flooding his house, and he looked at the whole scene Totally being taken advantage of by even kids outside of our neighborhood coming in. And his words were to me, Isn't this awesome? Every kid should grow up in a neighborhood like this. As when my kids run toward Dan and Sally's house, they're welcomed in like his own kids. And they're delighted in, they're celebrated. And he's not put off by it. And he's not bothered that he gets taken advantage of in that. He delights in generosity. When we approach God in prayer, I want us to approach God like my kids approach Dan's house on Halloween, if that makes sense, come full circle. Because as Paul is praying here, he says right away, I kneel before the father who's given us the spirit of adoption. I'm now a child of God. And he ends it by making it abundantly clear. And I know that my father loves to say yes. He loves to overwhelm with his generosity. And I love that posture. I've loved sitting on this passage and letting it just encourage me to approach God with the same posture, knowing his heart and how he delights to say yes Guys, if you're a novice when it comes to prayer, use this passage as a template. Pray for strength of the Spirit. Pray that you would know the love of God that surpasses understanding and that God would reward you in those things with rich intimacy and yes, know and be confident that he loves to say yes. And so church, it's not enough for us today just to to hear the word of God this morning. I want to be doers, and I want to begin this year in prayer. And if possible, if space allows where you're at, I would love for us to hit our knees in prayer as we start a new year. And so here's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to create space for the next couple of minutes, just that where you are I would love for you to grab somebody sitting next to you You've came with somebody and just pray something out of this passage that we just walked through for that person. And if you can, if space allows where you're at, just to get on your knees in prayer as we start this year. Church, let's pray. This has been a message from Candeo Church. To learn more about us or to hear more messages, visit us at candeochurch.com.